0: All right, we're live. I'm going to spark up my joint here. Maybe you can hear it on the recording. look well, yeah, podcast listeners, we're back. Uh, this is episode 45. Uh, today I find myself in Kansas City, Missouri, of all places. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a bit of a tour. I'm thinking about uh, leaving California and looking for a new place to live, so I'm Exploring the Midwest, and figured while I was here, I would try to catch up with Alicia, Alicia Net. Hello. Hi, hi. Hi. Um, hi. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're recording in your home. It's very, very nice that you uh, had me over.
1: It's actually kind of surreal that you're sitting in my kitchen right now, and that we're smoking joints together, recording yeah podcast right. in the Midwest.
0: <laughs> but that's cool. I, love it. I mean, it's I love that's it. that's the thing.
1: That's where our
0: pals at us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's funny. So I see you as a successful creative. And um, I imagine there's some wisdom to glean from your experiences and how you've gotten to where you are now. And uh, so just kind of starting out, how did you grow up? Where did you grow up? Um, The basics.
1: Well... Okay, the basics are that I grew up outside of Wichita, Kansas. Um,
0: How big of a town is Wichita?
1: Wichita is about 300,000.
0: Oh, that's bigger than I thought it was.
1: Yeah, it's the biggest city in Kansas, actually.
0: How many high schools?
1: Oh God, I don't even know.
0: Like 10, is is a town that big? At least,
1: probably. I lived in, it was like five to 10 miles south of there. Okay. 8,000 people.
0: Oh okay. Um,
1: it felt so far growing up. Sure. I couldn't <laughs> go anywhere. I lived in the middle of the country, which yeah. was also very bizarre. I lived in this small, kind of weird neighborhood in the middle of a field, like <laughs> kind of strange. Um, was it
0: a subdivision or it it just was, happened? To, oh, okay.
1: It was a subdivision, but nothing else has been developed near it still to this day. There's Interesting. Like a couple farms, and about a mile away. Uh, my grandparents and my aunt and uncle have much property.
0: When do you think the subdivision was built?
1: Honestly, I have no idea. I would I mean, I'm just know. thinking like
0: those 80s movies like E.T. and that had the subdivisions that were getting built kind of in the if middle you ask of nowhere. anybody in that subdivision you know? why
1: it was built, they'll tell you. I have no idea it's haunted here. Like <laughs> <laughs> well, haunted.
0: <laughs> haunted. Ew. So was that a thing that brought them there? I, like a I spirit know. was calling them there? I don't
1: know. Thing. I don't know, man. We got there in like uh, 1994.
0: Okay. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, no,
1: that's just it. I, I think
0: all, every state has like these weird little vortexes. Well, you yeah. know, where, where kind of weirdos and interesting people of all yeah. sorts kind of find themselves there.
1: Oh, there was a lot of fucking weirdos there. Yeah. Huh. But like, I. So I never thought about this until I moved out of Kansas, that basements are, like, just the fact that they exist is kind of creepy. Sure. Because you're just digging up this land that's been here for so long. I didn't right. really think about that until I moved to California, and there's just no. There's no basement. Well, it's, I I'm think s- is
0: some of that too, Someone's though, like, oh, oh, like uh, a safety factor where you're tornado. Hundred
1: percent. You gotta have a place to hide. But
0: it's yeah, like in San Diego, you're not worrying too much about tornadoes.
1: No, definitely not. So much. Fires.
0: Well, yeah, that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: But that was about the biggest threat that we had when we lived in San
0: Diego. Right, right. Yeah, totally. So what kind of stuff were you into as a kid? What kind of stuff were you looking at, what? too? Were you already <laughs> so looking this, at, like, um, social media well, at all? Or when did that come along? To, that you didn't know? come
1: along until the Internet came along. Sure. You know? And so I I was born in 87.
0: Okay, that puts a place in. Th- okay, yeah, 87. I, I
1: graduated in 2006 from high okay, school. Okay, okay. Um, I grew up with a family of like my dad and all of his siblings, my grandparents, like very strong, came from nothing, but made something, my grandpa made like a really great business and like created some generational wealth for our family. Oh, cool. um, Which was great. We grew up a normal middle class family, played a ton of sports, I played pretty much every sport.
0: What did you play?
1: Everything, softball mostly. Okay. I, I tried basketball. I tried gymnastics. I didn't try soccer. That's the one thing I didn't okay. try. Yeah. Um, cheer dance. Right. All of those things. Did you get not like a,
0: the uh the varsity letter and all I that? Did, did you have a, a letter jacket?
1: I did not because I was on the dance team, so while it was a varsity sport, it didn't really need like the jacket wasn't really I I didn't want to wear
0: that jacket. Oddly I'm very similar. I played varsity volleyball four years of High school but the rest of oh the God. school didn't consider that like a sport even kind of
2: <laughs> yeah
0: and we were all misfit long-haired metalhead dudes sure. that would blast slayer when we practiced and you know but that's the thing i have the letter but i never got the jacket yeah, and never like letter. kind of repped myself as a jock you now, know which I mean, was very symbolic at that time still well, you was know was like,
1: tr- i was a troublemaker in high school like i was always getting in trouble i was for really- what Well, I did, I made really good grades. Like, grades were good, but I, so I should go back.
0: So sometimes that's like the smart, mischievous people that are just kind of bored end up, you know, getting into trouble. If you're getting really good grades like that, because I did too, and I had nerdy friends that were sketchy and would start fires and put glue in doors.
1: President of my business professionals. Oh, wow. That's
0: cool. That's but cool. was like
1: suspended for being drunk at school and like <laughs> just like
0: What 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 know. age were you getting busted for drunk at school?
1: Just all of them. <laughs> Starting like 14. Okay,
0: really. that's what I'm asking. But, yeah. Cuz think... again, like the people listening, you know, yeah, probably I mean, a lot of them started smashing booze at 14, well, you
1: know? <laughs> So I think that it's important to note that we didn't get cable television until I was in the 5th grade. So, I grew up in the country, like not really exposed to a lot of things. We rode four wheelers, played outside, climbed trees, like sapping my hair, playing with baby birds, like all of that weird country girl kind of stuff, which mm-hmm. was great. Well,
0: like real pre internet life. Yeah. Though, I well, mean, yeah. I had a very um, similar. From the dark. Yeah. Time. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: It was wonderful. Right. But um, then we got the. We got cable, and then we got the internet shortly after. And so when I was first exposed to MTV, it's like cliches it sounds, it changed me. It me too, though. Me too. Never the same.
0: I don't think people understand the impact of MTV. It was like I've talked MTV. about it in a, quite a few podcasts. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It changed Well, me. you talk about why, you know, because again, it, a lot of young people yeah. just don't uh, you know they've only seen mtv in the context of like reality shows yes. and stuff okay. it was like the That's concept true. of a music was video so was music new
1: video. yeah it was. i
0: remember having that conversation <laughs> with a friend like wait they're they made videos to songs like that idea itself was preposterous other than just a live performance video right i was like well how the what the fuck and they're trying <laughs> to do a whole network of this year
1: how's that gonna work
0: but they were amazing.
1: Well, and so some of the early shows that I remember. So I came into the MTV era around like 97, 98, 99. They're doing like making the video. Britney Spears is just introduced with Baby One More Time. And they did a making the video to that. And I was like, oh my gosh, who is this? Just seeing like these young women who are teenagers who didn't seem that much older than me.
0: Right. Oh no, it's cool. The, there <laughs> sorry, be, my there will be, there will be, yeah, there will be funny little background sounds here and there. We are in a, her, but... in a home. I don't think they would have heard that. Okay, and, you sorry. Know, it's all good. Um, but so yeah.
1: yeah, seeing Britney Spears, I was like, oh my gosh, I've never seen uh, women like that. Right. I just hadn't. I, I did with my own mother. My mother was like very beautiful growing up. My stepmother was really beautiful, and they both had these like fun lives. But I. To see it on TV and like trying to replicate that, and then also being exposed at the exact same time to like much music, which was a Canadian station, and it was playing pop punk. I never even knew what any of that was. Right. So I was right. like intaking all of this, and then the and what
0: kind of year is this we're talking then?
1: This is like fifth grade, so ninety nine.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so it's like I'm trying to place where I was at ninety nine
1: too. Yeah, ninety nine is when we got MTV.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Yeah. I believe. Yeah. It was real world Hawaii, or maybe it was San Francisco.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, that's. Not
1: the first San Francisco, but it's the
0: second. Well, and that's when I was living in San Francisco. When they did the
1: first one.
0: Yeah, all my friends were like, you should go get in line for the casting. I was like, <laughs> fuck that. I got time for that shit, man. A fucking graffiti writer, bro. Like, (laughs) I ain't trying to. Yeah, I just was not. Yeah, but but it was a big deal. It was kind of the talk of town. And then when it started popping off, it was like, yo, so and so got picked, and so many people knew at least one of the person personally. So it was that's the thing. Yeah. And it was, but right away we saw, oh, this is weird. Like they're editing this in, into some story thing and right. it's just these random ass people that really i mean intentionally that's
1: they the didn't get along TV.
0: i think it was real i think that was the first one yeah the san francisco yeah. one yeah no that's the thing it's crazy. it was a. Uh, it was a i remember riding past the house on my bicycle because they were always filming oh, and there'd yeah. be lights and all the shit and the catering right. truck out front you know yeah real bizarre but, again, that was, they like, a whole a other later yeah. part of MTV as far as, yeah, that was you know, that kind of content. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, So,
1: I was coming into, like, the YTK millennial era. Yeah. super hard. Right. Boy, boy bands, all of it.
0: Right. Sure, <laughs> sure. So, I think
1: just what I'm getting at is MTV, like, made me not want to live in Kansas anymore. I was like, Ah, that's the line right there. Here.
0: Yeah. MTV's gonna MTV's gonna run with that line right there. (laughs) (laughs) For real. If they even
1: have anybody working
0: for them anymore. Oh yeah, right. No, but that's 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 just it. It's like you need to see those things and see what's possible, and then it seems achievable. Totally. You know, kind of why I do these interviews. Yeah. You know. Um. So yeah, I mean, how did uh, did you end up going to college after high school?
1: I did, but not for very long. Um, I was in, I had a a few different scholarships. I ended up going to Wichita State, which was just our local university there. I went to my state college. Yeah, Yeah. great school, but I only lasted like through my midterms. I just Mm -hmm. did not want to go to school anymore is really what it was. Honestly, I think I'm still not diagnosed ADHD, but like Mm -hmm. I'm almost 100% that
0: no, I feel you. I've
1: been operating on that level like my whole life. Yeah. And so I just couldn't be there. Like, yeah. The material wasn't hard. I just, I wanted to be doing other things. I wanted to be partying with my friends and going to shows and like.
0: But I think it was perfectly natural too. Yeah. I think the society kind of uh, really pushes this idea that we need to do that.
1: And I didn't even know what I was going to school for. I didn't know what I wanted to be. I that's, hadn't even lived a life yet. I had no idea what I wanted exactly. to do. Exactly. That's no the clue. That's
0: the other part of it, right? Yes. You're sending like an 18 or 19 year old to college, expecting them to choose a major so that's going to be the direction of their whole life.
1: And then, and and the debt was the thing. I did not want to oh, be yeah. under like insurmountable debt. I still yeah. had a, a few thousand, but not that much. Sure. Because I. I dropped out at a bad part of my semester where I couldn't get refunded. I like waited sure. until that part was over no, and then decided to, that's to out. That's how it goes. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. I made the right decision for myself for sure.
0: Sure. Oh, yeah. Spark it up. Let me spark mine up too. Yeah. It says MTV was first aired in 1981. Yeah. Thank you. I was going to look that up. That's when they launched. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I weed. was not born yet. A fucking weed.
1: I didn't see it for another almost 18 years.
0: Yeah. But that's the...
1: They had time to like...
0: But e- but that's just it. Even in its incarnation much later, it still had a huge impact exactly. on you. Yeah.
1: It was its own thing. So I just watched that Woodstock documentary on Netflix the other day. Did you watch it?
0: I think I did.
1: It's like the three part about 99 and everything that went wrong at the festival. Like, with Corn and lip Biscuit and, like, all of those That ones. I haven't seen. The MTV seen. one, basically. Yeah,
0: that I haven't seen yet. Okay.
1: Well, it brought but me I... back to that whole era because that's all what I was listening to as well. Anything that was on TRL, which at the time was Corn and Orgy and Limp Biscuit and, like, all these new metal bands that I was listening to on top of also loving Justin Timberlake with every ounce of my whole body.
0: Well, what appealed to you <laughs> with the metal music... I mean that's the thing, like when I was a kid, girls didn't like metal. I You know what I, I mean? Or it was this sketchy boys. girls. <laughs> well <laughs> I am you,
1: a little sketchy, don't then, be fooled. You know. That's <laughs> the She's thing. from the south side, okay? That's,
0: that's the thing. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I I live in a very like male dominated family. Lots okay. of cousins. All my cousins are like my brothers basically. We're very close. My, fam- my extended family were like we're a regular unit. It's yeah. Kind of weird, I think.
0: Well, I mean, I think it's a little weird compared to... It's weird how, in a good way. I it, love it. Well, but. <laughs> com- compared to like how this family structure is a bit small. But I think, right. you know, for... A lot of people, especially in this part of the country, mm-hmm. yeah, to have a big extended family unit yeah. together, compound well, we all styles like within a mile of each
1: other too. Yeah. We we're all so close. That's so cool. some of my family lived in that same neighborhood with me okay. in their home in their home. And then like I said, my grandparents and my aunt and uncle were a mile away, so we were all Yeah. But anyway, the boys were always listening to it. They were motocross. They were BMX. Me too. So I'm listening to what they're listening to when I'm jumping on the trampoline. Right. And it's on TRL. So I'm watching the music videos, which were awesome.
0: What was awesome about them to you in particular? Um, I mean, was it the fashion sense or the. No,
1: now that I can reflect back on it, it was cinematography because mm. that's what I love is oh, making Oh, Which you kind of specialize and, in, really. Yes, I love composition. I love yeah. just seeing stills and visuals like in my right. brain and in my right. eyes and right. watching them on TV. That
0: makes so much sense. Yeah. Okay. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Okay. TV. Right, right, right. <laughs> Did uh, MTV have any effect on you wanting to get tattooed?
1: No, I don't think so. I think that was um, getting involved in like the hardcore scene.
0: Oh, hardcore! So mm-hmm. when did that happen?
1: That happened when I was sixteen, when I could drive.
0: Okay, so when kind I... of transitioned from metal into hardcore. Well, the or new metal was, that was just like me growing kind up. Kind of the same.
1: The new metal never really went away, and I really was right. always into rap. Right. The And pop. I honestly I just love music, but
0: (laughs) No, no, that's cool. Me too. It's a huge motivating factor.
1: Yeah. So by the time I got to Hardcore it was actually because um, my study hall class in high school was also the debate club's room. Okay. So I met a lot of different people that were outside of my normal social circle in that class. Right. And they were hilarious. They were funny. They would like That was when Napster and Kazaa was really big, so we were all downloading music at home on our computers. And so they would give me songs to download. I would listen to them, and eventually I became friends enough that they invited me to go to a show with them, and I had a car. So I took everybody, and that was it. I loved the community of it.
0: Right. No, that's cool. So you started seeing more tattoos kind of in that world? Yeah.
1: Well, MySpace was a thing, too. Right. MySpace had started, and... Again, just seeing. I
0: remember that too. People from yeah, yeah. other
1: parts of the country and how they dress, and then not influencing me, and then me going to school dressed like these people online, and yeah, feeling kind of weird about it, but doing it anyway.
0: <laughs> no, but that's uh, fashion is one of our basic creative out- outputs. You know, it's like yeah. how you adorn yourself says so much, and. Totally every culture has like a real fashion sense and there's certain things for certain occasions and all that you know so it's just like again you're you could be anywhere you know Wichita, Kansas but you're able to see what people are wearing in all these different places Mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of a a a new that was a new thing unless you were buying those expensive fashion well, magazines. But that was
1: the cool thing. It, or had access
0: to those, these, like the collections. These you know?
1: outfits I could get at my thrift store. So it right. was like not something that I needed to have a lot of money for because I right. certainly did not. Right. I was going to dance practice every day after school for two hours and then going to work after that for four or five hours and then home, homework, sleep, right. wake up.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Do it again. Yeah. But so I'd use what money I had and I'd just go to the thrift stores and like, Buy yeah. baby, baby clothes, basically toddler. Clothes. Sure.
0: No, but again, <laughs> that, that's uh, a <laughs> that's a cool that that's good to know. That's yeah. a great, you know, the thrift stores are a great resource. I
1: still thrift every to
0: this day. I do too. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I, in San Diego if I need shorts, I just go to the thrift store and get some $5 sl- yeah. like businessman slacks and just <laughs> cut them off and hem them with my uh, sewing machine.
1: I just <laughs> I look, like calming to me. I love just going and taking my time and like looking at all the glass. Looking at all the purses. <laughs> yeah, oh,
0: yeah. Don't, don't take her to the thrift. She fills up a whole cart, and I get like one shirt. <laughs> no, that's just it. Often there's not a lot that fits me at thrift stores, yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's real hit and miss. She kills it every time. Yeah, but even you were kind of mentioning you can get into youth size stuff. Yes, and, have a, uh, I And that's have a, a whole other. Yeah, that's just <laughs> it. The whole other section, but that's like. uh When I was young in the 80s, uh, we were learning about punk and that whole mentality. And a big thing of that was not uh, supporting the people that hate you, which were kind of all the corporate businesses. So thrifting was a huge part of that. Because it was like, Mm -hmm. why pay $30 for a t-shirt when you could just get one for 5 bucks? Sure. I mean, it does... You know, there's something... Yeah. And I really... I like that mentality Mm -hmm. and appreciate that people, you know, will will go thrift shopping, you know?
1: Well, and just with how, I mean, we see it on social media every day, like the fast fashion. I mean, of course, I'm still, I'm not the best. Of course, I still buy fast fashion from time to time. However, you know, I feel much better whenever I'm wearing my thrift things. When I'm thrifting, it's... Almost cathartic to me in a way when I'm doing it, so it's like a two for one. I get new clothes yeah. and it like calms my mind. Sure. But I think people are just becoming so much more aware of the damage that the fashion industry is doing. That the yeah. the thrifting and the upcycling is, if you're not doing that in the future, I don't think you'll be successful.
0: Yeah. As a business, you know, yeah.
1: it's gonna. It's about to come full circle, and people are gonna.
0: Yeah, it seems start. like America needed to kind of. Like when I've been in, say, Paris, the mm-hmm. girls are wearing, first of all, things from maybe five different generations.
1: Exactly. So something
0: from grandma, something their mom mm-hmm. gave them, something super old from the 1920s, yeah. like a scarf or something, and then some brand new Nikes. Yeah. And, you, you know, I mean, but a lot of it pieces, is, but again, it's like, time. you know, maybe only paid for the shoes. Right. You know, it's thrifted amazing. the pants or something. Yeah. That's the thing, and I it's and I,
1: outfits I put together actually like that. A lot of different mix and matching between thrifting, gifted.
0: That, but that's cool. Yeah, I style. you have your own taste. Again, like when I'll ask them, you know, what's what? You know, and there's a story kind of behind each mm-hmm. thing, you know, which yeah. I think uh, again you lose with fast fashion. Yeah, you know, it's just you know, oh, that's the t shirt I bought for this season. Well, that's
1: awesome. so I think that goes hand in hand donate with it. social media, too. Like, this idea that we have to have fashion so quickly now is because we're posting looks every day, people are seeing it now. We have to have something different. People think, right? It's like the no outfit repeating. I don't know, yeah, I feel like that adds to a lot of it. I mean, yeah, stuff gets sent out and gifted so often that I know a lot of influencers are not necessarily keeping those items forever. Like, they just, they either resell them on Depop, like, because they're not going to re-wear them over and over again once it's, like, photographed, so. Right. But that's where, like, the Depops and stuff like that are really cool, too.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, So, when did you start getting tattooed? Just because when I feel like I first started seeing you in pop culture and whatnot... Mm -hmm. You were this tattooed lady yeah. and i was like when i was younger say in college i had uh female friends that had tattoos that wanted to work in strip clubs because they okay. were single moms okay. and it was making great money yeah okay but they could not get work because because it. they had the tattoos oh. now it's the total opposite. Yeah. The tattooed girls are making the most money in that context. Sure. But, you know, in the broader spectrum, uh, the perception of the tattooed woman has changed dramatically just in the, these last, like, 20, 30 years, say. Yeah. You know what I'm sure. saying? And the acceptance and almost the, you know, yeah, the, the, the thirst for it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. And
1: I think that's also because. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but I do feel like millennial culture is like entrepreneurship. And so a lot mm-hmm. of us are working for ourselves now. Mm-hmm. Um, so nobody can tell us what we're allowed to look like mm-hmm. and not look like. It's a great so, attitude. So, yeah, so there's a lot more of just us being ourselves. Right. Um, I think that kind of helps, but... I yeah. come
0: from the same idea as a yeah. tattooed person. It's well, you, uh, you know,
1: we, know. Have so, we just have so much... Again, our, our generation has so much debt, 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 that's like, you have to figure out how to work for yourself almost because trying to find jobs sometimes is, is really difficult. So I feel like we almost got forced into it, but...
0: Yeah, yeah, hmm. but that's the thing. It's just adapting. Yeah. But again, you know, from my background of the kind of punk attitude of finding a way to survive that's outside the mainstream system that's at, you know, like actually trying to push you down mm-hmm. you know but also like, you yeah that's
1: just life as a woman though not, sure. not even necessarily oh, a tattooed right. woman so I'm like I don't know yeah. I just have always kind of been um treated the way that I'm treated no matter if I had tattoos or not
0: sure so. sure mm-hmm. um did you ever were you modeling back then too
1: um so I started getting tattooed my first tattoo is when i was 17 but i didn't really... <laughs> what was the first one it was on my lower back it's oh classic yeah yeah it was nah. a very 2005
0: of me yeah no that's cool i was tattooing full time back then <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 no i get it are you talking about a tramp stamp a Tr- tramp stamp y'all. <laughs> no
1: a lower back a tattoo. lower back
0: tattoo yeah no I that's all 17. good <laughs> no that's cool though where? Um, what was the law, or where? Where did it happen? My dad
1: signed for it.
0: Oh, okay. What? Where were you?
1: I was in South Wichita.
0: Okay, and um, like New Mexico I, was that way. If you if you were under eighteen, your parent could come yes. and sign for you up to like maybe fifteen. Well, we...
1: girls were starting to get little tattoos. It was like becoming popular, like yeah. little tiny ones here or there. And so I was begging my dad to let me. So it one. starts. Yeah, begging my dad. <laughs> Well, then he started getting tattoos. Right? Oh, cool. And my dad was kind of a young dad. And so he cool. started getting tattoos. And I was like, right on. there, yeah, Like, yeah. I, well, I want one. I'm the one that told you about it. I'm like, whatever. Oh, back. no, that's
0: a really cool influence <laughs> to hear about. You know, your dad was psyched on it, too. And you yeah. were just kind of caught up so in it. So
1: he called me one day and he's like, hey, I'm at the tattoo shop right now. If you want something, you got to come now.
0: And
1: I had yeah. no idea what I wanted. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And I... Just, like, scribbled something on a piece of paper and, like, gave it to the guy. I was like, can you make this look any better? Yeah. It's, like, not that
0: cool, but. That's funny. Yeah, so that was it. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. But I was and in high was, school
1: still, you know, so it was, like, cool.
0: That was That's was heavy. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I was just talking to my <laughs> nephews about that, that. There's, like, kids in Albuquerque... That have tattoos in high school, like on their forearms and it's stuff. So you know.
1: Funny when
0: I think about it now, like. Well, no, that's the thing. It's it's pretty fucking sick.
1: It just is what
0: it is. I don't. Know. Yeah, no, <laughs> totally. The it all starts somewhere. The, my first I made two a tattoos. And
1: now-
0: <laughs> my first two tattoos were armbands. Again, that time, right? Yeah, armbands. Really cool. Yeah, for real. No, I feel you. That's the thing. It. Yeah. it it, and and when you first started getting them, did you just think, oh, I'll just get these. This will be enough. Or did you no. th- think, oh, I'm going to go for it? Yeah, I
1: think I You
0: knew pretty soon.
1: Yeah, I think I did. Had it. you seen
0: people, like, with sleeves and stuff that you were like... Sabina
1: this... Kelly was oh, the wow. first woman that I saw with full yeah. sleeves that I was like, wow, those look amazing. They're done so well. She and deserves like, well, her props. Oh, oh, my gosh. She was, like... hundred
0: percent. Real early...
1: Yeah. You know, when it was was still called kind of alt. It was pin yeah. Yeah, If you had tats, you were alt. alt. Yeah, alt. Alt. (laughs)
0: Everything was alt this and alt that, and you're like, what the fuck? She's
1: incredible. I saw her on MySpace. I don't know if it was her or a photographer. Yeah, but again,
0: you you see somebody, and you're like, wow. It's like,
1: oh, they could look like that. They don't have to look like the ones I've seen.
0: Right. Right. Right, right, right. Right. No, I, I feel the same. The first time I saw... Uh, a guy that I worked with who had a full suit was Ooh, done, I was sick. like, fuck. <laughs> <That's>
1: <laughs> like,
0: wow, does. I got to I gotta do that. Gotta that's, <laughs> that's impressive. Just like, I
1: still he just marveled. turned around
0: 360 in the room, and I was just like, motherfucker, it's like seamless, you know? It was a that's big intense. snake.
1: That's just, but you know, like that's just props you know what they went through you know how intense now yeah now i know now i know
0: but that's (laughs) that's something uh there is that power and presence to it Mm -hmm. that uh i find it uh can be a bummer sometimes these days because i'm so tattooed and when i deal with kind of regular straight society Mm -hmm. i have to get past that using So, so, you know look them in the eye totally. or a, a certain uh humility or apologetic kind and of attitude kind of, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I like i'm not trying to i'm not i'm not you know in the aryan brotherhood dude i'm <laughs> fucking i'm a buddhist homie you know
2: Fuck those guys. <laughs> that's what
0: i'm saying though it's like yeah uh, yeah think buddhist don't think skinhead yeah, I mean. <laughs> I don't but know. again you know what?
1: Exactly what perception I think that others have of me, but I always worry what it is.
0: Ah, uh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: So, I
0: that's kind of the drive to be creative in some I way, think though, so, yeah. or part of it, you know. But,
1: you know, a lot of like, so if I'm meeting somebody, if I'm having like a business meeting or something with somebody for the first time, I'll wear long sleeves a lot sometimes, just uh, to not because I can right. do that.
0: I know that's a big thing with with uh, women, especially. I think yeah. I've just tattooed to see,
1: like how the conversation is,
0: and like I've tattooed female friends on their arms, and they like in San Francisco who are lesbians, well, and then they yeah. get their sleeved, mm-hmm. and then men just come right up and grab uh, yeah. them, oh, yeah. and they hate male attention. It's so annoying, and 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 so they were like, "Damn, Mike, like I love my sleeves, but." Fuck, dude. It's everybody like I to, I get yeah. more male attention now, and yeah. I w- don't want it. I didn't want it. I, yeah. I just understand that frustration because yeah. then she was working as a photo assistant, and even in the summer, she would wear long sleeves. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, "She's hiding something." You know what I mean? It's just the,
1: it's just the extra attention. It's not even. Yeah. I mean, It's male attention, but it's all attention. Oh no, for sure. Sometimes you just don't want to be perceived. Yeah. So you just, if I can put them away for a little bit, I will... It it's it's kind of
0: nice in that way, too, though, that you can just kind of tone it down.
1: Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, I guess because I don't have my chest or my throat. There's, they'll probably stay blank forever. So. I think
0: that's good, though. I've had that conversation with people before. Mm-hmm. Like, when you look at a, a bust in a museum, it's a particular shape, right? Right. So the idea is that the base needs to balance the pedestal of the the throat and the Mm -hmm. weight of the head that's why it's this shape uh, you know a classic bust but if you interfere with the the neckline and the chest right every bust has a bit of the Mm -hmm. chest no breast really maybe a bit of the, the hint of it But it's it's that balance, and again, I think, like I have tattooed women on their chests, and I, I feel like I've tried to talk them out of it each time, (laughs) just because (laughs) it's something about girlfriends
1: that have regretted their chest tattoos later in life.
0: It changes every time you add something around your face. It changes the that balance. For so the, to speak, for
1: you me, know, it's, it's just for my own body. Personally, I like playing off negative space. That's why cool. I never filled my back in. Yeah. That's why I try to keep um, my legs symmetrical to a certain extent. Like I just,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I like the negative space. I think it helps to almost create curves that I actually don't have.
0: Of course. Of course. <laughs> By
1: having dark spaces and certain lines of my body. Right. So it helps me a lot whenever I'm
0: that's a well no that's a great way to look at how you Mm. develop your tattoos and what uh like wearable my body's basically symmetrical Mm, you know like
1: balance
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah the rib cages are both the same size um my arms i would do one on one side and the same shape on the other side i love the uh photographs from say the 30s and 40s of people who were collecting flash and that would all be symmetrical if they've yeah. got the the mermaid on the left side they'd get the reverse <laughs> of it on the right oh, side and yeah. I, I always I just love that I love the kind of random what I might even call kind of like a junkie style where it's just, these random different tattoos different and patches. different sizes and yeah. different techniques mm-hmm. and just kind of rude, you know. <laughs> and I, I kind of dig that too. Yeah, I like you know? the I
1: like the new like patch style that a lot of a lot of people are doing now, like the all black and gray and like the different. Like you're talking. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, different. Like we we're saying, it's different times when we're getting tattooed. Different things are trendy, like. But I'm just glad that I got ones that are good so that they they always look good yeah um but i am like when i see other people with their new like patchwork i think it looks really cool
0: no i hear you i hear you yeah i'm fully suited i don't really have room for anything (laughs) anymore so i uh kind of can observe it and even my body is a bit of a time capsule I could do my ears. There's a lot of shit I could do. I could do my <laughs> tongue, my lips, and you know whatever. The but tongue. yeah. Oh, my goodness, I don't think I've ever seen that. No. I don't
1: think I have. Yeah, you have to oh, look that up sometime. Brutal. Oh, sounds brutal. Yeah.
0: Look, he's fishing. What's oh? You got your neighbor fishing out the back. <laughs> this is yeah. This is like uh, some for real uh, Missouri shit. <laughs> Looking out the backyard and then some dude fishing. That's awesome. Make sure he throws it back. (laughs) Let me pause this just for a second Uh and save it just in case. All right, so I guess more kind of continue on the subject of tattoos. Uh, um, How did it evolve for you from that first one? You know, I mean, did it? uh, Did you do like your lower arms first? Um, You know, to kind of
1: my top right arm first. I did like a little half sleeve on the top from here to here. I
0: think that's a really common early spot for people to get work.
1: I I, I got like a cute little... Piece from like my childhood, like Polly Pocket and Disney Castle and My oh, Little cool. Pony. <laughs> my
0: sister did the same. She's got a My Little Pony even, yeah, on like a too. cloud of mac and cheese or some shit. <laughs> Love yeah, that. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I feel yeah. I, <laughs> I like, got
1: a Barbie on this arm somewhere. I like,
0: like I like yeah. that, and those can be really fun things to interpret too. Totally. You know, yeah. to do like I think I've done a Barbie doll or two, but mm-hmm. it was in my style, and you know I tried to hook it up nice. Where's
1: mine? Oh, mine's like the. Um,
0: um, oh, yeah, that that's girl, cool. uh,
1: Lauren Windsor from Australia, mm-hmm. she used to come to LA every once in a while. Cool. Do the, she would do the Long Island convention, and so I would go cool. see her, yeah, and get a couple little thingies. But, um, yeah, I started with the half sleeve, and the person that did that, I went and saw a couple more times as just as I could collect money. I wasn't getting tattooed frequently at that time because I was yeah. still living in Wichita. And Pretty broke. I was in cosmetology school at this point. Oh cool. Then, Another
0: thing my sister did. Yeah, I took a year oh. off
1: from school and like was working in call centers and just boozing yeah. a lot and <laughs> Yeah,
0: being yeah. Going
1: to shows and just being debaucherous and then I was like, oh, I gotta get my shit together so I'm going to cosmetology school and took me like two years to get done with it. I hated it so much.
0: What did you hate about it? I
1: hated going there. I felt like I was good.
0: Again, yeah. I mean, you kind oh of just God, were I'm like, "Fuck college," so you're like, <laughs> yeah. "Okay, well, I'll try it. like, well, yeah." yeah I then, mean, again, a lot I'm, of young people go through that where totally. the college wasn't good, so you try a trade school, Yes. and the trade school at least you can get through it and you have yeah, a trade. I got through but
1: it. I was working, so I was still living on my own. I was working part time at like different gigs, getting myself through cosmetology school. Cool. Um, I made it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. And
1: then I started working at a really nice salon in Wichita, and I loved them. I loved working there. Um, they were involved in some other creative things around Wichita, some like art things and some different um, charity events that they would do yearly. Oh, okay.
2: And so
1: I started to be able to help with that, and I gained access. They had a huge costume closet above the, the, the oh
0: wow okay
1: above the salon that I didn't know existed, and so. They started giving me that room to do shoots in, and I could use all of their wardrobe. And so they were they were really cool about that. When I started like taking photos and putting them on the internet, they would let me like leave town and like go do stuff. And cool. Yeah, so that was cool. Where
0: were you sharing those kind of photos early on?
1: Um, early on it was before I even started using Tumblr. I was just using model mayhem
0: (laughs) i remember that i used uh i used that as a resource as a photographer yeah
1: sometimes you know yeah no because
0: the thing it was a thing at the time yeah
1: it was so popular at the time and it and again
0: it was it was useful
1: it was so useful it made it very easy to find people in any city or state that they lived in so if i was traveling i could find creatives or i could post a notice that i was traveling also the
0: um tattooed models that normally wouldn't get any Anywhere with the regular model agency. Yeah. So there was we work for ourselves. Yeah, like sites like that where Because well, this is
1: the internet, you know, flickers becoming a thing and you know, photographers are sharing their work other places, Tumblr slowly be- becomes a thing. So, you know, you're working with a lot of amateur photographers at that time just
0: That's where working. I was at too. Yeah. I mean I was showing those photographs in galleries once I, you know, did my thing to them. But yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Know, so, I hear you.
1: lot of stuff like that and or i would go like to chicago and work with people for free that i felt like were better than me so that i could make my portfolio better right but i would eat the cost of going there just to like try to work with other people so i started that's kind of your
0: education in that whole world too
1: i started chicago and dallas and then austin were the first three like bigger cities that i went to because i could drive there from wichita besides kansas city yep yep um and so that's actually, like, when I go to Texas, I still have, like, a lot of friends there. Yeah. Um, same with, like, Chicago felt really fun to go back to because I, we just went there um, a couple months ago, and I hadn't been there in years and years and years. And yeah. it just felt cool to go back somewhere that I used to spend a lot of time. I spent a lot of time beginning. in Chicago
0: myself. I was yeah. in two graffiti crews from Chicago. That's yeah, awesome. I got to see it on a whole wild level. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah.
1: I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah
0: no that's the thing Chicago's great yeah it's got a real pulse
1: it's got a cool energy there
0: uh, real particular style um, I love the uh, the difference between like north side and south side Chicago and the uh like yeah it's just it, it I have every, every I have so many good own friends own there
1: energy and it's own vibe in Chicago it's like the yeah. first place that I had been to that had neighborhoods like that because i hadn't yeah. been to new york well i take that back i had been to new york but i hadn't seen a version of that near me right until i went to chicago i didn't go to chicago until my adult life but yeah um when i went to new york for the first time i was 17 and that for sure
0: wow up. 17 in new york city I won what, like what year new- was that
1: that was in 2005 okay i i So that year was the summer between my junior and senior year in high school, and I took an internship at a brokerage firm. Interesting. (laughs) I had been studying business in high school and like doing entrepreneurship classes and stuff, and there was an opportunity to like do this, and if you finish the the course, and you, like, give the best presentation. Then you get an all-expenses-paid trip to New York City. You get to do all these, like, crazy things oh, yeah. with them. Like, they're paying yeah. the bill. Cool. So I was there. <laughs> yeah. Every fucking week. Every day I needed to be there. I got, like, a really cool um, financial consultant that had been there for a million years who was, like, an asshole. But he really liked me. Because cool. I showed up, and I, like, yeah. did the work. Yeah. And I took a lot of notes.
0: That's uh, something the people <laughs> listening
1: I just wanted to go to New York, man. But, but again, <laughs> the goal. you you had
0: a goal, and, and goal. you knew that you had to, to kind of overextend yourself for yeah, the, yeah your employer. Right. Yeah, I had you my know? thing. I needed
1: to do what I needed yeah. to do. Yeah, but they were
0: impressed by that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like yeah. you know, uh, hustle, hustle. Because yeah. I'm talk I talk about that all the time with friends of mine that own a business, and it's so hard to get them to get their employees to hustle. Totally. You know, and I don't know if it's just a, a generational thing or whatever, but it's just the, the hustle. But <laughs> but then the people that do hustle move up quickly,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know. But it's got to be sincere.
1: Well, you know? I, had, I had an incentive. I can't say yeah. that I would show up to that internship every single day and try my best if I wasn't thinking I was about to get an Again, though, you had,
0: had a goal. Trip. Yeah. <laughs> and you knew yeah. what it took to get it. And yes. that's, what, that's the point to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: it was cool. I mean... That was my first time on a plane and i was without my parents like i there oh, was
2: wow there
1: was one adult from the brokerage firm with us and then the lady that had just won miss kansas <laughs> what wow <laughs> we, like, fun stayed in the waldorf story it was like me and this other oh, guy wow, that fun. we both won and we in got the to do... waldorf in 17. Oh, it was so indulgent but I've it was so video. fun i've seen the video it's great yeah they made an educational like the whole video they made an educational movie while we were there. Okay, and cool. And they played it in um, yeah. the classrooms to cool. promote the program. Yeah. They, they invited me back to speak a few years ago, but I was like, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I hear you, though. But they again, at 17, up. like, that's a... Uh, it was
1: cool. It was I mean, New paper.
0: York City is a fucking... It's a, it's a thing to oh, behold. I
1: was like this. I was wide Me, too. Oh.
0: Me, too. Ah. I lived there in my
1: Hollister skirt like uh, 2000. Regime.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. But yeah. that's the thing. It's, you've seen it in movies and whatnot, but to walk New York streets, it's one of those yeah. grand cities of the world.
1: Well, it changed me. I was like, oh, I'm going to live in New York City. I never even thought about it Oh, LA. sure. I was like, it's New York sure. or bus, baby. Like, yeah. that's where I'm going. I wanted to go to FIT. I wanted to do all these things. And <laughs> I didn't do any of those things, I yeah. went a completely different route yeah um so I don't know the, the journey's been interesting, but totally yeah.
0: So I mean tell me that journey because I knew well, that you ended up in California. yeah, so at in some s- point.
1: So uh, going back to the model mayhem thing, I was doing a lot of that modeling going to different right. cities right. just trying to kind of get my photos out on the internet like wherever they were going just so that people in different towns would like know who I was. Yeah, and then that way I could visit them again, and then new people would want to shoot me because they sure. just they saw me, but they missed me because they didn't yeah. see the photos until I was gone. Right, so, but I think
0: it's a good for you know aspiring models say to understand the the kind of people You have to build steps.
1: relationships with people. You yeah, to and there is that
0: give and take between the photographers. Yeah, you know what you're getting out of it and what you're not. At yeah, a certain I, point, you've got to start. Trade you know, up.
1: If you're going to trade, make sure you're trading up with somebody who is going to benefit you somehow, whether that's their work is better or it's a good networking opportunity or like make sure you're trading up. Don't just do that's it. That's a
0: golden rule. It's good you brought that up. I remember Joshi at Rebel 8 saying that like if you're going to do really? a collaboration, it needs to be able a brand that's that's above you. Yeah. You know, that's going to pull you somewhere. Exactly. Not, you know, that you're the one pulling somebody else. Right. At least at the level that at we were at it, at starting. that time. Yeah, exactly. Let's Later, say. that
1: becomes full circle, but like...
0: It, it, yeah. it can be, you know, but and you've you got to be yeah. kind of selective about uh-huh. all of that shit, too. Yeah. Totally. Right. But yeah, so... So, so, so then you were putting stuff on Tumblr, too? because that, yeah. That's the thing, because I remember Tumblr, yeah. so Tumblr as an yeah. artist... As tattoo artists, we loved it. Oh, I loved because it. Because people were dumping their personal files of their collections of imagery. Yeah. And they would be so specific. <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. But again, for I don't think people understand how much image searching has changed in, over the time that the internet has been around. Yeah. There was a time, say, I would say twenty to 25 years ago image searching was really good mm. and you'd find a wide variety of things there would be a lot of surprises it's and then you could go down the, the tumblr came yes. along and it was like oh you're oh, into this one thing yeah. here's somebody who's uploaded 300 of those <laughs> kind of images you exactly. know want
1: to follow so, it was, Yes, I do <laughs> yeah
0: but again for us is like tattoo artists looking for reference imagery totally. let's say yes. classic pinup girls or something mm-hmm. here's somebody who's got oh, yeah. every uh alberto, every alberto vargas exactly. pinup ever made yep. and you're just like oh fuck it's all yeah. right there yeah yeah i remember when no, you i like, learned how to just uh upload somebody's whole Like archive in one batch versus just grabbing things here and there. Oh
1: man, yeah. Yeah, I think I still have some
0: folders of those things. Yeah, right.
1: I downloaded my archive on Tumblr right before it shit the bed because there was so much on it, and it's just like this huge file that sits on a hard drive right now. Yeah, I
0: noticed mine only go back so far. mm -hmm. I still use it here and there.
1: Yeah. (coughs) It's an it, interesting resource. But I went from like using Model Mayhem to then like when I was deciding that I wanted to quit working at the salon, I had just taken it like my third or fourth trip to New York at this point, and I was like, okay, I can't make money because I'm. Constantly. How were you
0: able to keep going back? I mean, cause the, because the the first was one was sure a I... big. uh you know, contest kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You so know, when so I started, so you were able started to hook up with photographers
1: the Chicago, there? Like doing all of that. And then people could start seeing my profiles like on other profiles on Model Mayhem. And so it was kind of like a MySpace thing. Like you wanted to work with people that other people were working with because those looked good in your like online portfolio or whatever made you feel more legit or closer to right. you know, whatever. So that was my goal was to try to work my way in there and become somebody that people wanted to work with. Right. So back then my hair was really, really, really short, blonde, like pixie cut. I wasn't even doing like the shade yet. It was just really short and blonde. Didn't have that many tattoos, just Mm -hmm. a little bit. But anyway, I started using my Tumblr for all those photos. I was like, I'm getting all these photos. I have nowhere to put them. I started putting them on Tumblr. Then comes the follows, right? And it was just the perfect time, really, um, for Tumblr. I think that's I the thing. Latched yeah, on and it no. worked out. It
0: was a great resource for me in that in that way too. It connected Even me finding, like the
1: skate community, like I yeah all of that. Like my first job. Was How did
0: it connect you to the skate community?
1: This guy that started working for Ennies with, had followed my Tumblr, right? And he hired me for a lookbook in like twenty. Ten or 2011 something okay. like that okay um and i went out to la for it and it was the first gig i got where they like paid my day rate and like did all these things for me and
0: yeah
1: i was like this is cool yeah um, but i was the only person on set that didn't know how to skate and i felt really lame about that
0: <laughs> again whatever but it was a
1: learning experience so i was like okay this is a cool community like i started interacting with them more on tumblr and throughout yeah. the social media following more skate companies yeah. modeling and then getting those images printed and like inked and in all the inks girls mags, but wearing right. like a huff hat or yeah. like a shirt from the hundreds. And so then they're getting press. And so yeah. then they're like, Oh, who's that person? Right. Kind of stuff like that.
0: Sure. And I'm, and I'm imagining the <laughs> younger girls that are seeing you doing all that and inspired what, what you were doing already, yeah. you know, back then. You yeah. know, uh, I
1: I felt like that streetwear community was like new to me, but it reminded me of like the hardcore community back home, just like a yeah. small knit like like minded people who, if you know, you know, kind of mentality. And I was like drawn to that. I think. the
0: same people,
1: yeah, so you I'm know, from
0: those scenes that Which I that realized was like once their I gig. Moved to
1: LA. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So when did you end up moving to L.A.?
1: I lived in Philadelphia for from twenty. 10 to 2012 i left kansas
0: okay so you went from kansas to philly yes wow
1: so i lived philly. In, i lived in philly i lived um off of fairmount ave right by the art museum kind of
0: i know the, i can picture it in my mind it was
1: an old um schoolhouse actually that got huh. converted into apartments and they were like low income housing so it was a ton of artists and like a couple really really old people
0: my friends were the artists that were living you know down there on the cheap where i had friends that bought
1: those uh there was mice but they were big and they had wood floors and white walls and they were perfect it was opportunity there Uh,
0: that's just it. It was three hundred
1: bucks a month for the room. It's like
0: my buddies sold. bought a house from the city for like a hundred dollars, and then they had to rebuild it from the ground up. Wow. But they did. Yeah. They slept on the dirt of the foundation the first wow. winter. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But that's the thing. When I was going to visit there, when was I there? Philly. That was probably two thousand three or four. Okay. I think the first time I went. And it was a certain kind of kid that was living there and thriving Mm. there, and it was kind of tough and sketchy and. uh, Yeah, it was, but I liked that. It It, was was very exciting. exciting.
1: I enjoyed it. I loved walking down the street every day to go get whatever I needed to get, and having my post office two blocks away, I walked to that to my PO box, and. Yeah. I lived with um, three other creatives. We had a three reg- a three bedroom. It was a boyfriend and girlfriend, husband and wife now, and mm-hmm. then the other room would kind of rotate in and out of roommates. To be honest, <laughs> same in San Francisco. It was um, those but it was always a flats. creative or somebody that yeah. we knew through somebody. And there were probably six apartments in that building like that, and we yeah. were all friends. Yeah. So people that cool. were a part of that like model mayhem community would go to Philly just so that they could hit like all these people. Right in one room, and then you take a twenty dollar Chinatown bus, and you're in New York City.
0: Right, ah, the Chinatown bus. My that was, no, that's that's the thing. <laughs> all my the friend, time. my friends knew about that too. When yeah. they'd come visit me when I lived in New York in 2000, they mm-hmm. would take that bus. Twenty bucks, baby. Yeah, yeah, Can't yeah. People hey, need, like shit, need, need <laughs> to know about careful, that Be careful, though. Yeah.
1: Sometimes they're sketchy. But well, I sure. Mega bus and the Bolt bus and all that stuff too. But the Chinatown bus was like running all the time and. Yeah. Just show up and have 20 bucks and get on it.
0: No, no, that's a real part of part of history, really. I I, I imagine the Chinatown bus is still in, in Couldn't effect. afford the
1: Amtrak back then.
0: No, I remember riding Amtrak. I think that's how I got to Philly the first time.
1: I would do Amtrak if I was going down to, like, D.C. to work. Or, I think that's
0: where I was coming or, from, like, yeah. Baltimore.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, i go to Baltimore sometimes. Yeah,
0: so. I tattooed in Baltimore. And... uh I was like, well, while I'm so close to Philly, I should go visit my friends that are living there, and I they were working till like five o'clock, and I got there pretty early, Mm -hmm. and I just remember following the signs on the street to just this this museum is over here. This museum, Mm -hmm. the Mutter Museum, I happened upon (laughs) with the crazy uh, two-headed kids and stuff. Oh my God, that place is so crazy, (laughs) and the presentation is really over the top. were, were you expecting that when you not at it? all <laughs> that's the thing I just I just was like oh what's this museum that oh, sounds wow. interesting and I popped in and was
2: like well, Damn.
0: <laughs> yeah but I went to like the, the Freemason Hall there and the that's library awesome. and a whole bunch of things you know yeah, it was just a lot there. it was I just kind of miss it
1: sometimes yeah it was cool and yeah it's I, a neat city yeah it was cool I would um I wouldn't spend my winters there. I actually started spending my winters in L.A. when I moved out there. Oh, okay. Well,
0: check you out.
1: I met a friend. (laughs) No. I
0: winter in L.A. (laughs) No,
1: it was an opportunity again. That's cool.
0: I'd roll with that one too. I
1: I had been to L.A. (laughs) in like September and shot with this photographer that I'd been wanting to shoot with for a long time. And we hit it off really well, me and a couple of my friends, a couple of his friends, and they had a room open, and he offered. He said I could stay there if I wanted to come spend the winter there. And I said, okay. Fresh. (laughs) So I did, and I did that two years in a row, and then I just decided to move there.
0: Yeah. More opportunity there. So
1: much more work, because I was doing a lot more of the street and skate stuff, and it was like all popping off out there. Yeah. So I got there in 2012. May of 2012 And
0: it was so fun Yeah I got there Soon after Such a club rat I was there (laughs) 2013 14 Just for that year Um Yeah Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, I think I'd seen you in those circles for sure. Yeah, Probably I've seen you at... Probably in ads um, for other people's brand, other brands and whatnot. Yeah,
1: and at trade shows. I was oh, yeah, I was buying trade for a company shows. at that time, so... Which company? Uh, Moose Limited. Oh, okay. I, was yeah. whim- I got brought on as their women's buyer, so that's the thing. I moved to LA, and within six months, I was offered like a salaried position at this job that I didn't know at all how to do, but yeah, I was, I was wondering referred. about
0: about that because being a
1: <laughs> I got referred. a buyer
0: is an interesting gig. I have yeah. I've had friends all through the different decades that were buyers for different brands. It was
1: fun. I'd love to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> just don't ask me about like the math and the predictions. Just let me go pick all the stuff.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What was the I had a friend, I think, that worked for Charlotte Roos, and she ordered all their women's tops. So Mm -hmm. she was ordering like like four million units, and so they would take her out on these big fancy dinners in thanks for hooking up, for choosing them as the producer.
1: And it was a great gig.
0: I don't think people know that that's a job.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, so I mean, so you know I honestly up,
0: talk about this yeah, more. I'm so sure a lot was, of people would love to be buyers totally. for a brand.
1: <laughs> so when I was growing up, my idea of a buyer was like being like a personal shopper or like a stylist. Sure, and I always thought that would be so fun to sure. somebody's personal stylist. Still do think that would be super fun. So if anybody have that would do like that. to hire me for that, I'm hundred percent down. Okay, um, but I had just got to L.A. I was there for about six months. I was shooting with a photographer that I became friends with years ago in LA because of Tumblr. We connected back then. He shot me in a Fucked shirt and it ended up, they used it as an ad in like a Japanese magazine, Fucked did.
0: Oh, man. And that's the other shit. Like you're in an ad in in Japan. (laughs) Yeah. In Fucked? Yeah. And I've, you know, to me, Fucked is like legit, like streetwear. Like,
1: yeah, I felt so cool. I was like, what?
0: <laughs> no, no, that's what's, that's what's sick. Those little, those little moments. Right. Yeah.
1: And so fast forward, I moved to L.A. F- five years later, and okay. that photographer is now shooting... For this company, Moose Limited. Right. And they're women's buyers on the outs and they need someone new to come in and push it more in a streetwear direction because at the time it was more like a revolve. Yeah. Which is great, but it wasn't working for the people that were coming to the site. And so okay. I, he suggested me and they brought me in for an interview and then they hired me on the spot. And I was like, okay, so that's like an instant $60,000 a year.
0: Fantastic.
1: I show up to the office. And how old week. were you at that point? <laughs> I was 24.
0: See, that's the thing, the evolution of yeah, things. Evolution so at 24, you're getting 60K as a buyer for a brand. Plus,
1: at this time, I'm starting to make money on my social media because not only oh. are people paying me to take my photographs, but I'm starting the early stages of influencing because a lot of brands.
0: Explain yeah, how that kind of. Because yeah. you were early in that,
1: yeah. even it,
0: the it, ability to monetize right. stuff, right?
1: Totally. And yeah. I didn't even know really what I was doing at the time. It was just that I didn't want to just post stuff on my Tumblr because somebody sent me a free shirt. Like, that's cool that you did that. Yeah. Thank you. Right. But it clogs, it was, I was understanding that it was like clogging my bead <laughs> before sure. that was a thing. You know? Sure. Um, so I just started throwing out, you know, okay, if you give me 50 bucks, I'll take a picture. And uh-huh, then that just kept uh-huh, growing and growing. Uh-huh. And then eventually there was an agency opened in LA around twenty, early 2013, I think. And okay. I signed with them and then they would just send me, they took care of that stuff for me. So they started sending me my gigs. So I was making you know an extra few hundred dollars to a thousand dollars a month off of those while working at Moose. So I felt right. really comfortable yeah. to be able to shoot almost every single day, style things for moose so i was like shooting lookbooks for them and getting getting girls to come in and pay them and style them and take doing a vocals. lot
0: actually i was
1: doing so much but i was learning a lot and i was hustling really hard because i wanted it to be a success yeah i didn't want it to come in and have it fail i wanted it to be good
0: and often to do that you've got to do it yourself Totally. N- nobody you're going to hire is going to have the enthusiasm you do. No, I, and I've I found didn't have that, enough yeah. of a budget
1: to pay anybody enough right. to have the same enthusiasm as me, and I right.
0: understood that. So. Well, and it's also this kind of... You know, it's an opportunity to really capitalize on the eye that you've developed just kind of casually it helped me being interested it in fashion and in, in cinematography, yeah. like you're saying. And, and
1: it helped me with like production and just being the boss instead of yeah. being behind the scenes and just delegating, getting things done. Really, yeah. It like, made me feel comfortable taking on bigger jobs or being able to handle like a production crew.
0: Right right but the incremental steps
1: yeah exactly just little by little
0: that's rad um let's see i was wondering i guess just tell me more about la because that's when i was there too Mm -hmm. i had you know i was living in the uh penthouse suite of the orpheum Oh, wow. Right on Broadway. It sounds nice. I was in... sounds <laughs> nice.
1: It was gnarly. Well, it
0: was gnarly. I That's why I say right we should now. talk about L.A. <laughs> I
1: really want to hear more about that, yeah. first of all. Yeah. Um, my first apartment... So this was also like a fate. I felt like my first apartment was in Koreatown. I pretty much also. A lot of people were moving
0: in there yeah. at that point. That was a popping spot.
1: Yeah. I had a friend who was a makeup artist at the time. And she lived in this really cute apartment in downtown LA. And I, you know, asked her how much her rent was. She told me that she's has this great deal with this company. They have several properties. Each one has a few units for low income. Mm -hmm. So she sent me their email and I went back to Philly and emailed them to find out if they had anything available. And they had like the most beautiful apartment in this art deco building, like (laughs) courtyard fountain, like so gorgeous. $900 a month, one bedroom, It it took instantly I I broke broke my lease in Philly and like shipped all my stuff to LA and like that's the sign I needed because I wouldn't have been able to live there if I couldn't have found that apartment for that cheap because I was only relying on myself and my modeling and the ten thousand dollars that I had saved in my bank account
0: yeah 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 no I hear you though that's those uh, (laughs) well that's the thing with uh, relocating and and like your budget
1: I I didn't have anything for my apartment. I had to buy a couch. Yeah. (laughs) No,
0: that's the thing. But it's (laughs) kind of like... uh, Often it feels like this gift from the universe. Mm -hmm. You know? That's how it felt
1: to me. It felt very positive and light. I changed all my sheets all my curtains everything was white I just wanted sun and yeah I would wake up with the LA sun and I was like oh this is so different
0: yeah no it's invigorating <laughs> yeah that, yeah for sure it's and so strange too that it's like seasonless you know yeah
1: it actually started to get to me I didn't like me that me too
0: me too <laughs> yeah Southern didn't California like in general it it's the like holidays the same so much worse like, this is weird in. yeah yeah I, I remember uh Riding my bicycle on Christmas Day in Los Angeles <laughs> and it was like a ghost town. Everybody oh, yeah. was gone.
1: That's probably cool though, right? It
2: yeah. was
0: kind of fun, but it was creepy. A eerie. That's the thing, there was nobody <laughs> out. Even when I'd crossed the freeways, it was just nobody. Everybody was gone. And it yeah. was like sunny and
1: <laughs> you're like, what's happening. I think I got tacos. Christmas news, <laughs> <you're playing somewhere. laughs>
0: yeah. But that's a it was a that's a, a bizarre world. So... I
1: didn't love that. I just... You know, I started getting anxiety really bad in L.A. Like, going to all these events and being around so many men all the time. And, like, always feeling like I had to be on. Like, social media was getting bigger and I was getting mm-hmm. more followers. And it was, like, making me... This is like, the early stages this of This is my great to talk about. Well, yeah. it was. I, I didn't really understand it um, at the time because I never had a problem, like, going out and being in front of people. Like, I was always ready for a good time yeah so when that kind of went away it was weird to me but I was also dealing with a lot of like personal stuff in my family life and so it was mm. all really difficult to know how to deal with um yeah so moved to San Diego <laughs>
0: yeah no but that's <laughs> that's, that's I got uh LA for a while that's the thing like with these great uh, opportunities can come a, a lot more added yeah. complication mm-hmm. and unknown uh yeah. Bullshit.
1: Well, I think I was insecure and I was also felt like at the time like that era of men was very like cool guy. Yeah. And so it was hard to like talk to them. Well, as, it was like, streetwear
0: too. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think
1: it's probably changed now. I'm not, I mean, I'm not a part of it really anymore, but yeah, I, I t- imagine that was the culture just like, I, I feel like a lot of those men that have probably grown up and like become great men. Yeah. Boys yeah (laughs) yeah it's hard to be around sometimes
0: but that's the thing it was like uh like as graffiti writers you know we're trying to be you're trying to leave an impression um and uh style is a big part of that you know and Mm -hmm. it's like and it's ego driven Yes. You know, since so part of streetwear is this like yearning to have the one thing that nobody else has, so oh, you're no. unique wow. and cool and yeah. special. <laughs> yeah. But again, it's this thing that's just bought, which again, you know, we were talking about thrifting earlier, which right. is something I appreciate about the people that are thrifting because yes. they're not caught up in that no. cycle. They're ha- they're having to think outside the box right. to create uh, a look or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's I, I, a I, I like, I like that. Yeah. 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 But it's a, I, that was an exciting time, uh, for me as an artist and living in Los Angeles, yeah. you know, it was, uh, what were you, you were doing I was doing rebel eight. Yep. yep. We moved the company down there. I think he moved down there maybe in 2012. Because in San Francisco, the techies had bought up all the warehouse spaces to use as offices and we wanted to expand. And so we looked at L.A. I
1: remember that warehouse. It was the old hundreds warehouse. Exactly. That's
0: the thing. It was like so many people had gone through that building Mm -hmm. over there. Everybody knew where it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's the thing. I
1: went there when it was late too a couple times. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's the thing. I remember there was always kind of people coming through. Yeah. And it was that, again, like the tattoo community too. We were looking for models that embodied that lifestyle and the, yeah. our, that our, our people kind of totally. you know so mm-hmm. uh that was always a, a neat thing and I'd yeah. creep out of my office like who's here yeah oh wow she's cute <laughs> red red she's helping us fresh great fuck yeah that's dope yeah,
1: you just you are drawn to things that interest you and like a company like that is gonna get
0: Yeah. Yeah, That's cool. Yeah, yeah, and there's that real, you know, it's that give and take too, Mm -hmm. you know, because we needed to have people, photographs of people wearing the garments, and you know, and that's a a big part of advertising and all that. It's Mm kind of undeniable.
1: It hasn't changed. It's only gotten even increasingly yeah more important since then. You know, sure. Ten years now. Yeah. That's so crazy. You think that was ten years ago? Right it
0: was yeah yeah that's it yeah no that's the thing I uh, uh post two- post <laughs> 2000 is kind of a blur to me it's it's easy to place things even to the almost to the day in the the 90s and the 80s for me but the last 10 years for me were
1: like yeah. very
0: blurry there
1: was right I feel like I can slow down now where we're at and actually take things in and enjoy. I don't, I think a lot of that though too, is just because my mind was changing and like the anxiety was, you know, leading to just, I mean, I've always smoked a lot, but it was getting like a lot, a lot and just, and started affecting me in the wrong way, but I couldn't stop. (laughs) So I had to like start figuring out like, what was actually wrong with me. How, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: And how to help change things. Yeah, how to myself so better. So at what point did you end up then leaving L.A. and moving to San Diego?
1: Um, I left L.A. in 20... I want to say like September of 2016, maybe. Okay. Is either 2015 or 2016. Okay. So I was in LA for like three or four years. Yeah,
0: that's a good chunk of time. Yeah, lived
1: but in again, I t- different places.
0: it can be the place you need to be to develop I a career and make it was the connections. The end game for me. Right, like, that's I what I'm trying to point it was out. A
1: stepping stone. Like, right. let me go here. Let's see what this is about. Let's go house. It's like a young people. It's, it's California. It's, yeah, it's fun. I think we'll California.
0: Have fun. Is that kind of jumping point kind of place? Well, New York so can be too, but you yeah. might not want to.
1: I'm not fast enough for New live York. There. I'm fast enough to live in LA and go out in LA. I'm not fast enough to live in New York and go out in New York.
0: New York's wild. New
1: York <laughs> fucking kills me every time. It like tries <clears throat> to put me on the stretcher, I swear.
0: Me, no, me too. <laughs> That's I get it. I mean, New York's the only place where not I'd get a a phone call admit. at two o'clock in the morning, and a friend's asking, "Hey, man, you going out?"
2: Yeah, I'm like, like what? What? I'm, I've been out. I'm done. I'm dude. I was home. about
0: ready to go home. Where are you going? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. No, no, I get you. So, San Diego. How, I mean, how did that end up? I mean, did you? I mean, I would assume you're already working in this, the, that field of streetwear and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So you need to kind of be close. Right. But so, uh, San Diego was a nice.
1: Yeah, initially I thought, you know, since I was going into the office at Moose like once a week already, living in LA, like how hard is it going to be just to get up there once a week from San Diego? Yeah. But um, the same or two it was I think so we got there in September. It was December. Um, I was doing that. I was actually doing really surprisingly well because i'm not good at following a schedule ever <laughs> <laughs> that's cool but i was still shooting in la and like you know i needed to still be up there just for my own stuff anyway right. There was still a lot that i needed to do but then moose let me go towards the end of december I
0: okay think.
1: um they just i don't know if they hired another women's buyer or if they just merged it all into one but it wasn't as sustainable on that side. I mean, the men, yeah. they were spending... The amount of money that was coming through that site in one day for the men was like a month on the women's side, so it was That's like,
0: street war wear too.
1: Yeah, it wasn't... Yeah, there no, wasn't I remember really that anywhere. from
0: Rebel 8. Like, the yeah. actual numbers that we were able to sell to women was very minor compared to the men totally so it was
1: fun it served its purpose and it was lucky that you know i had just moved to san diego and i wasn't really trying to go up there every week anymore anyway so it was like it was fine
2: yeah um
1: but yeah it was cool i started doing different things i linked up with the um nbc affiliate down there nbc7 and started doing um like reporting and hosting for a music program that they have.
0: That's dope. Yeah,
1: it was fun. It's called Sound Diego. What an
0: interesting opportunity.
1: Yeah, they emailed me. I mean, me, you of all know? the things
0: you've done, that's an, well, a neat pro- one. The producer huh.
1: of the show emailed me. Um, he used to write for Rolling Stone Magazine back in the day, he retired in San Diego and started running this. Sh- T- television programming for huh. the local station.
2: Yeah.
1: Because um, a lot of music would come through San Diego, and yeah. we would only cover, like, rock and rap. We wouldn't cover, really, any other genres. But, okay. um But it was fun. So I would go and um, interview people that came through, and I would host parties. And so it kind of got me out in the community a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I did that fun. until the pandemic hit. I mean, when yeah. the pandemic hit, we couldn't do it anymore, and they ended up right. canceling the show. But... I
0: did that for a couple of years. That was fun. <laughs> That's, um, so what year was that we're at now?
1: That would be 20. I probably started that in like 2018. I probably started oh, okay. that like a couple of years after I got there. Maybe a year. When did we move I, here? 2020? I'm trying to
0: think. I feel like I ran into you again in Boulder, Colorado when I was living there. When you were on the tour van with oh, Mike and yeah. my buddy's daughter, who was 16, yeah. loved Pierce the Veil and I, was like, yeah. And I was like, I sense. think I can hit him up and we can take her over there to visit. And she lost her mind it was like, no way. Was that in Boulder or Denver? And I,
1: Denver? I, Boulder? I, I think. I don't know. I, I barely.
0: I remember. think it yeah. was Boulder. Yeah, awesome. I'm pretty sure it was... But that thing it was just this random oh little shit. thing... <laughs> I think she had pictures. <laughs> Zero Well, and that's the stuff. thing of uh like being on the bus. Yeah. You kind of don't really well,
1: I might have been drunk at that point? Maybe well, not, but I don't know. I
0: don't know. Well, you're in a different But city. I just like yeah, my buddy exactly. uh Killer Mike and run the jewels, like when he gets on the bus, he he has no idea where he's going. <laughs> yeah. What's he going just on? trusts when it's time to get on the bus, you get on the bus. So exactly. He doesn't know where he's going, where he is or no. You're just going.
1: Yeah, I'm just where i need to be at this time. (laughs) Right,
0: right. That's That's that. that. When did you two meet?
1: We met when I was in L.A.
0: Oh, still in L.A.? He was in
1: San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. So he met me like a year into my my L.A. journey. Okay. So I had like a whole year. Yeah. (laughs) And then I met Mike. That's real? It was great. Well, honestly, I had like... Three That's and a being half. young. I, I was by. I didn't have like a boyfriend or anything really for when I left Kansas until I met Mike. So it okay. was like three and a half years. I've of, had
0: phases like that. Like
1: I dated people, of course, but nothing super serious, and yeah. it just allowed me the time to grind out, grind, 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 like right. so much for those three and a half years. Nobody would have wanted to be in the car with me driving across the country multiple times. Yeah and A Mitsubishi Lancer. That was.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely brought a drum kit and set it up in her apartment so mm-hmm. I could wow. practice because I was there so much. Yeah. So I just practiced in That's her cool. apartment. That's cool. <laughs> I was That's like, really I, cool. I, was
1: like, I think we need to move out and get a bigger place.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: So we got a place in um, Koreatown, but like right where Koreatown and Hancock Park meet. It's like this.
0: Kind of by Larchmont.
1: Yeah. yeah
0: great little neighborhood oh
1: we loved it yeah we had a hellish landlord and he really <laughs> oh. helped drive us out too to be honest it was that like was all right it's more. time to go like, yeah we gotta get out of here
0: yeah 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 um,
1: and at that time Mike was looking to buy a house yeah. so he didn't want to buy in LA he wanted to buy in San Diego he sure. was raised so right. I was like all right well LA was never my <laughs> end goal anyway so I guess my journey starts
0: back in San Diego here's the
1: next turn yeah
0: totally that makes sense. So, how was you were? How long were you in San Diego? Four four years, I think. Yeah. Five.
1: five. Four or five years. We oh. left. Um, I started wanting to leave San Diego about three years in. Okay. I was really just missing my family. I, I we had so many different things going on in my personal life and my family and it was just becoming so hard for me to be far I'm the oldest child I have siblings that are just living in the chaos it's like it was really bothering me that I wasn't close enough that I could just drive there if I needed to you know yep so I started considering the move out loud
0: No, that's a an important thing to say. You know, yeah. like, I'm kind of a believer in the law of attraction.
2: Yeah,
0: I've had it operate in my life. I'm kind of trying to channel a bit of that energy right now and looking for a new place to live. And just, totally. again, that kind of saying it out loud, putting a yeah. bit of, uh, every yeah. day you put a bit of effort exactly. towards your goal, but you yes. can't worry about when it's going to happen. Yes. And often when it does, you realize it later I that you achieved your goal.
1: I the idea of... Wanting to buy a house out here. Because I was really struggling mentally in California, feeling like I was making decent money, but that I could, I have nothing to show for it. I couldn't. That's
0: the California struggle. I'm feeling that right now in San Diego. It was
1: driving me crazy knowing I'm making more money than my dad made when I, you know, when I was growing up. And I'm like, oh my gosh. like I felt just like. And social media wasn't helping me. I I really needed all of a detox. I took a total detox um, in twenty twenty when the pandemic hit, shut everything down, and just went to figure out who I was again. Wonderful. Retreated. I think people need to hear that too. (laughs) Because
0: you that's the thing. Because you are so successful, you know, in that way. Like on Instagram, like your following is kind of crazy. You know. But that's the thing. It's, uh, I can see how it could be overwhelming at that point. You know, and And need to step back.
1: 400,000 people think about us. No. You know, and then a robot decides to tell you, actually, we're only going to let you know this many people. Like, starts fucking with your head. And then it's
0: a bizarre world.
1: Well, I just started getting like outside of my mind about it. I like to really be introspective and like think about things and like analyze myself constantly. And so it just. Yeah. Knowing that I was having this relationship with it was like disturbing to me, and I had to recognize yeah. that within myself. That
0: right, I'm right,
1: physical reactions to this, I need to get off of it for a while. Right. I haven't been without it my entire adult life, basically. Let's, yeah, take a break,
0: right? No, I think people need to hear that, and then you can because I think when you do that. If and when you come back to it, you're coming with this whole new attitude. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, you have a boundary now, too. Sure. I'm I'm the queen of boundaries.
0: That's great.
1: (laughs) I create healthy boundaries always to protect myself. Cool. um, From myself, even. I see. (laughs) No, no, that makes sense. social media stuff, you know, I have to know. I have to, and I just learned this through therapy as well, you Uh know, just recognizing like physical Feelings in your body like if you're mm-hmm. having a physical reaction if your stomach is hurting or your heart or you're breathing or whatever Like maybe you should turn it off for a little bit
0: I go through the same stuff with Buddhist practices yeah. where we really investigate the sensations of the body mm-hmm. even um, Like trying to visualize what an emotion or a sense of pain, yeah. you know, it's like, well, what color is that hurt? Mm-hmm. You know, is it hard? Is it soft? Those mm-hmm. little kind I of like that. mind things to help you I move like through it.
1: I'm a very like sensual person in general, so like cool. I love the way things look, how they feel, how they taste, how they like so much. Like light is important to me. I can't I don't like bright lights. Well, no, that's the
0: thing. You're uh, it's that's the thing. It's it's great that you found success in and uh, creative output through things that you're naturally interested in and totally. just uh it's this extension of uh your interests mm-hmm. you know which i think so many people dream about being able to do that you I know mean, and in whatever like, they're into but i'm still
1: got to do it every day you know it's like a hustle ah, it doesn't stop right it doesn't let's stop. talk about that too <laughs> yeah. cuz i
0: agree i think uh, you know like for me as an artist as long as I draw every day mm-hmm. even if it doesn't have an endpoint point or, mm-hmm. uh, or uh, it's for a specific it's client or something, something I gotta keep doing it and yeah. if I do the bills get paid everything happens right, exactly. the, it's like karma just comes around and things. makes exactly. sure I get the check that I was waiting for yeah. and whatnot. but you gotta stay at it every day I, I like... think the same thing too with Instagram like mm-hmm. I've always just tried to be as consistent as I can be even yeah. if it's but also try to show a spectrum of life.
1: Same, and it's, that's uh, I mean that's the struggle, really. I yeah, when I, I agree. came back from my break, I decided that I was cutting out anything that was personal. Cool. I needed to protect that from now on. Sure. As like my safe space, so yeah. Um, all my Instagram is used for is monetization at this point. So yeah, I promote cool. myself and I promote my work. So I only want to put the best out that I have. Right. It's, if it's only getting you know a certain amount of likes and I'm not happy with that I feel so much better in my mind now to be okay with it because I like it like as long I'm as the same way I went I, basically I went back to how I was creating when I first started modeling again just like from a, my own creative viewpoint not what was not what I thought other people want to see or like what other people were doing I just wanted to go back to what made me special and when I was yeah. the happiest. Right. It happens to be when I'm really sexy, and I like taking photos like that. Yeah, so.
0: but again, you know, it's like taking that break and then having that perspective again of like, what did I really enjoy the most about yeah. this before I thought that about,
1: about myself
0: thinking about what other people were going to think about exactly. this?
1: Exactly. Well, what the, do I think it was about the it. pressure from brands feeling like I'm not brand safe, so I couldn't get the bigger jobs because I was too sexy or I have tattoos or. There was always something. And so it kind of started fucking with me. And I kind of pair that with San Diego because I was just depending on that a lot in San Diego because I didn't have the other gig anymore. It right. It was just the influencing. Okay. And so it started like, I'm like, who am I? <laughs> I lost myself. No,
0: my sense I'm itself. glad we're talking about this. That's a common thing that happens. Yeah. And of course, I would imagine you'd go through that. But now you're kind of on the other side. Yeah. You're living here in Kansas City, kind of in a suburban. I mean, you've got a nice pond out back, and we just walk the yard. It's it's wonderful.
1: It It gives me peace. I wake up and see water. I can see like beautiful reflections on the water. The light changes all day, which I love. Yeah. we have lots of trees around. We have lots of space, natural light. We don't yeah. have any curtains on the back of the house because I just want yeah. the light. To no, it's in. gorgeous.
0: <laughs> What's kind of a regular day like for you these days?
1: Um, passive.
0: <laughs> no, that's the thing. You're chilling. Yeah, that's I just, but but I'm still saying. So what so, we're saying every day you've got to do something. Yes. So are you so still like doing up, a shoot a day I'm or? Like, a,
1: so okay, I wake up um i go to pilates i love going i found a studio that's down the street from here cool so i go get my workout in come back usually get something to eat and then i'm energized for the day take a you know quick little rinse off and then i either create content or i edit from something that i made the day before okay or even if. what are
0: you using to edit
1: um i use lightroom for my photos okay Um, And then sometimes Photoshop if I need any extra tweaks, but usually the room is fine. Sure. Um, And then I just just use iMovie to clip my little videos together. But usually I'm making, because I'm a slave to Instagram, I'm making reels. Right. So a lot of editing is on my phone. Sure. I'm just on my phone using the app. right together reels which is kind of a
0: bummer in some way to have to do it all on the phone it is yeah
1: that's why i have a big one it kind of helps a little bit
0: oh okay that makes sense too again professional secrets get the big one
1: i would rather not have to do it that way but you know you just as a creator who wants to have their work seen you just try to do everything that they want you to do if they want me to use the tools that they're creating then i have to use those tools yeah But I'm filming my video on like a Sony Handycam and then I'm... Right. Uploading that to my computer and airdropping it to my phone.
0: Sure. (laughs) So I can No, no, we're all having to do that juggle. Yeah. Between things. It's kind of a pain in the ass. So
1: I'll I'll try to clip together like a handful, maybe three to five, and then just add them to my drafts. Yeah. And then that way, when I have a day where I don't want to do anything, all I have to do is upload something that I already have in my drafts and a couple story pics that go with whatever I put on my feed and I'm done because I don't post personal things on there anymore.
0: Right, right. Now, that's a big I'm thing with... Uh, <laughs> even among my female tattooer friends, whether mm-hmm. or not to post just their tattoo photos or photos of their entire life, yeah. lifestyle because they don't well, people want... People
1: like to see that, but then it becomes... That now you're an influencer.
0: Well, and also, they, they don't want men... To hire yes. them to get to put tattoos because on them because they're, they're cute. Totally. They want to be known as a good tattoo artist. 100%. So it's this real pickle. I get it. Often they'll have their professional tattoo page, Separate. and then they'll have a private one that they share with yeah. friends and family that yeah. they'll show whatever.
1: I started a new private profile um, a couple years ago, just. For women and non-binary, so cool. that feels like a nice safe space for me. Oh, that's wonderful. So that's good to know. I've got like you know, there's a couple thousand of us that just kind of hang out and chat over there. So if I cool. do feel inclined to share something personal or around the house or whatever, I do have an outlet for that because I yeah. think everybody deserves to have space to just like. I think people want. really
0: need to understand too. With a, even a thing like Instagram, it's a creative enterprise, totally. and you can dictate. A, everything about it and Mm -hmm. how you know what you want to show or what you don't want to show you shouldn't really feel pressured by anything other than your own comfort level
1: totally you know that goes back to me just saying listening to your physical listen to your body your physical reactions my gut is my most trusted
0: yeah of and all, even like, like uh, trust my deleting shitty comments, yeah, it's blocking like, people—it's a create that—that's what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> yeah. It's a creative space, okay. and it's a—it's uh, yours. It's, it's mine, uh yeah. Uh, you, they're they're it's a privilege. Yeah, I think people. When you're
1: creating and sharing art too. It's personal, so
0: that's true too.
1: It's like you can have opinions. That's okay, but like you don't have to be. There's ways to say things without sure. being a total jerk. So I have no problem hitting the block button. I enjoy yeah,
0: it. Yeah, good. <laughs> good. Well, we're, we're already at an hour and a half. That's a great place to end. Oh, fucking block button, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 Don't be a dick. Right? That's uh, um, only... Yeah, I'm so glad we got to talk. Yeah, I thanks think for coming to uh, house. my listeners will get a lot of, out of that. I sure did. Thank you. I that hope you awesome. enjoy your
1: stay in Kansas
2: City.
0: Thank you very much.